Hello and welcome back Boneheads. This is Rich and I'm joined once again by Ben. Hey everybody and we've got a great show for you today. We are joined by Rick, local player and reigning Super Bowl champion to talk about our Super Bowl 7's Blood Bowl tournament at the weekend and how that went. We are going to be talking about running a Blood Bowl 7's league and the usual games, hobby and star players. So Rick, how are you today? Alright, good, thanks for having me back. No, it's brilliant to have you here. Rick joined us for at least one other episode. He did, it was the Mixed Teams. Episode 3. It was episode 3. It's almost a year ago now, which is fantastic. And still one of the most popular episodes. Right, let's crack on with news. Okay, so over to news. Rich, what have you got for us this week? We have got a semi-new one on Kickstarter. We've been waiting for this one. We have been waiting for this one, mostly for Ian, I think. Just to upset him. So, um, Hungry Trolls are re-releasing their Plague Fields uh, models, which is effectively their, their Nurgle team. They're already five times over their target. There's just over a week to go. Um, but basically, you can get a big guy, four warriors, four pestigors, seven rotters, um, some mutations to mix things up a little including all unlocked stretch goals, which is a cheerleader, two star players and a coach for, what is that, 76 quid including delivery? So this is Plague Fields Miniatures, Hungry Troll on Kickstarter. Yeah, so basically what they've done is they've, they're now offering it as a resin or a metal option. Prices are exactly the same, but they've changed the scale on some of their models. They've changed the posing or, or the looks of a couple of them as well, just to be able to, I think a lot of it is based on the feedback that they had. Oh, from wow. the original and they kind of went you know what okay well we're going to take into consideration what you said and, and run with it so yeah one abomination which is a huge huge um, it's like a great, great unclean one. one yeah and it's customizable yeah loads of bits and pieces for that four plague warriors four beasts seven rotters the rotters actually look really cool they do I do like them the one split down the middle uh, of the mountain uh, yeah it's quite creepy isn't it yeah um, but they've done a, they're, they're re-releasing a load of their um, star players they did as well the putrid beasts the the the, the pestigors, they are huge. they are massive looking. They are massive looking. But like chunky, good massive. They, they look to... like they're going to do you damage as opposed to oversized, if that makes sense. Yeah, they are very horrible miniatures. They really are horrible, which is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, you do have options to buy individual players if you want, or to, to buy star players. There's an option to buy just the um, the beast and the four warriors as well. Yeah, 30 euros for that, for the abomination abom- really and the warriors. No, that's, that's really good. The star players are very cool, including Ding Dong, which is the one that was previewed a lot on the Blood Bowl community recently. It was, it was indeed. I think they've changed the Bell Fanatic, the Bell Fanatic, and that that Puzzle Pain, Toothless as well. I think that's a Puffle Gus more one, isn't it? And Lord Skulltaker has been resized to have real strength five. That's yeah, a great move. They basically they said he was strength four. People were looking at him, kind of going, "No, he's a strength four player." So they went, "All right." And just raise the, just, just 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 increase the scale on it. Looks really good. Yeah, but it looks so much better, doesn't it? So much more imposing. Oh, look at the Minotaurs. The Minotaur, oh, the upgrades and whatnot. Oh, Minotaur and Minotaur Corrupted. They are great models. Yeah, really good. How, does, how do you get them? Are they just random upgrades? They are just upgrades. Yep, you can just buy them individually. But they've, um, they weren't looking for huge amounts anyway on their target. I think they just wanted to try and cover costs on, on doing what people wanted them to do. Um, but they've done fantastically well. Um, 5,400 against a target of 1,800. Yep. Eight, eight days to go. So this episode should be out on the Saturday. And this, yeah, well, this is Wednesday next week. So that actually, so when you hear this, there's still four days of this Kickstarter going live. However, they've done a really good job advertising it. So really you, if you're anywhere near the football community, you probably would have already seen this. More than likely, I'd imagine so. Really cool. Really like that one. And slightly cheaper than the average as well. It's 76. 
Yeah, but what's the postage? That's including postage. Oh, that's really sixty-one good. pound for the team, and fifteen pound for the postage. Hang on. Oh, so okay, yeah, fine. So seventy-five pounds for a sixteen model team. Yeah. One, Four, five, nine, seven, fourteen. 14, 19, 16. Yeah. Plus mutations, plus 16. Plus. That's really good. Yeah. Really it is good. exactly what we always say, that £75. This is a lot for a team, but it's a real treat, I think. But you're getting an improved team. So Just listen to the community. Rick, you've bought quite a few bits and bobs from Kickstarter and things, haven't you? For, for blah, blah, blah. I, I've bought a few. I look, I've always traditionally been a, a GW yeah. team collector. But how much... I'm really liking what, the, what, what these third-party... Yeah. people are doing yeah, it just gives it are they, are they about the same price for the teams you've paid you know 60, 70 more 70, or less 70 pounds yeah more or less and uh, I love every team I've got no no it's, it's they are it's a lot of money for a single team but if you only get a few teams a year then it's really worthwhile isn't it yeah and, and those of us who make the um, the custom ones mm. I, I look at that and sometimes think oh man they're steep but break down what I've spent uh-huh, on maybe exactly. like my Chaos Renegades. Yes. I've probably done the same. But you do it bit by bit so it doesn't seem as much. <laughs> I think if you've got if you've got a team that you really enjoy playing, investing in a, a, a good third party team, yeah. it, it, it's a very personal team, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, a, it's an investment. Yeah. It? It's not just We've a, said it before, I mean, if there's a um there's a tournament you're specifically going to go to, or this is going to be the tournament team. I think we said it with the clown teams that came out. We did. So the freaks. Yeah, if you want to have something special, that's a really fair price. And if that's your main game, then dropping £60 for something really special to arrive in a few months' time is is worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. And you get something you're kind of limited. You get a lot more off the Kickstarters. Yeah. Uh, oh, you've had loads of tokens and bits and pieces yeah, over the years, yeah. haven't you? The stretch cops are brilliant. It's just those little bits which make it worthwhile, because all of a sudden it's not just... 70 quid for 14 players. It's 70 quid for 14 players, a coach, two, two cheerleaders, a ball, tokens, <laughs> tokens dice. Yeah. It's like, hold on, this is getting cheap. <laughs> Purely just by throwing more money at it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really good. Um, I like my Nurgle team, but that's just beautiful. It's tricky because I really like the Games Workshop Nurgle team, except for the Beast. Oh, uh, the, the Beast of Nurgle. And this, this one here, the... Um, I can't remember what this thing's called. Uh, the big dude. Yeah, I called him big guy in the end. Yeah, the abomination. That's it. Would be really useful for lots of things. So it's just a shame that postage is so much for a single model, a single miniature. However, still heck of a Kickstarter. The models are beautiful, and um, yeah, really impressed with that. You could actually split that quite nicely, couldn't you, between people? Like the Pestigore models aren't the best from from GW. No, no, they're a marmite. They're misshapen, I think. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine having a couple of them in amongst the GW? These guys. Someone else wants the big guy. Yeah. Bomina- the abominations are thirteen euros each. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It is really good. I, I do for the Nurgle team. I do like Games Workshop's Warriors. Oh yeah. Uh, that that uh, that team there on the Kickstarters. It's beautiful. Uh, that is a nice looking team. Yeah. It's, been like <laughs> it's very appropriate. So that is the Plague Fields miniatures. What else is going on? Is there much going on at the moment? Not masses. Um, since we've spoken last, the Lizardmen have come out, haven't they? Oh, yes, the Lizardmen have been spoiled, which, which we did call. Which we did call again. So we are five from five between you and I. Something like that. Um, Kemri, you're next, by the way, people. Um, I'm not convinced about Kemri. I'd love them to be next. There's a, there's a lot of shouts for Norse slash Amazon. I, I think. think I think Norse would be the most interesting, because from a design point of view, that's new territory for them. 
because they haven't done anything Norse for no. a very long time. And it would fit in I with the Warcry stuff. I can't uh, help maybe. but think they might do the High Elves just to tidy no. up a few loose ends. No, I, would, I, would, I would love a High Elf team. I think that would be great. You know, Well, actually, with all the teams that are remaining, there's not a single one I wouldn't be interested in picking up now. Yeah. Um, you know, Vampires, that would be cool. I bet they'd do a really good job Man, of that. if they do a Vampire team, I'm all over that. It'd be great. Chaos Dwarfs, I know we were talking about that on the way home from a sewer bowl, and what they'd put in them would be fantastic, because Chaos Dwarfs are one of the hardest teams to proxy at the moment, because they'd stopped yeah. doing Bull Centaurs years ago, um, and the alternatives are jolly expensive, and not, just don't, I don't know, don't feel quite right to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so the Lizards are coming out, um, they have, in amongst that, shown the, the Chameleons, so we believe that there are going to be more positionals coming out, a couple of Chameleon skinks, which... They actually have on the Fumble Secret yeah. team. They're the like strength team. one funny things, though. They are. So it'd be interesting to see whether they've taken anything from that. We did pop it out on Facebook to see what people thought they would have. And there's a couple of Diving catch. like Yeah, shadowing, things like that. If there's not shadowing on it, it is a complete disgrace. <laughs> a <laughs> chameleon who can't, who can't blend into his surroundings it, and follow. It might just be branded a skin catcher or something like that. But yeah. still, there's, the Lizardman team is, is, a, is top tier. Isn't it? It's got to be top three teams, oh, top great. three, top four teams, and they're not really in the need for a fix. So if they do a similar thing with um, the catchers for halflings, yep. that will tweak it up a bit much. But if they find a way to make them quite balanced, so a normal skink is sixty k. If they bring in another skink that's eighty k with catch, it, it will it will change up the build. But, I, but would it? It will change up the build options, but I don't think you, it would get used very often because there's not a catching team. It's not at all. It's not an edge team. It, a, yeah. So unless they have access to passing. It, well, because it makes things up a bit. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, but obviously they've been previewed and we don't know when they're going to come out. But as soon as they've come out, we will drag Lewis back on the show. Yeah. Um, and unlike the last time we had Lewis on, he knows what he's doing. He's won an awful lot with Lizardman. <laughs> so uh, that'll be a worthwhile conversation. But I will be buying them. Oh, I've yeah. been looking for a lizard team for ages, and yeah. I will be buying them. Okay. Yes, sadly, so will I. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> Absolutely, I will be too. Um, there's one other thing I want to mention. There's a, a gentleman called Anthony. I'm going to call him Anthony F, because I want you to be able to find him on Facebook, um, who is creating his own STL files for 3D printing. And so far, he's made a Kemri and an Ogre team. Now, he's um, shown these a little bit on the Blood Bowl community. And one of his friends has actually already printed, painted and showing the world what they can look like. Very limited with regards to the sculpts. He's only doing like one sculpt per um, per positional. Oh, I saw this one, yeah. But I don't think that's an issue. I know some people really want the, the unique sculpt for each position. Um, sorry, for each, uh, for each player. However, I haven't got a problem because you don't see that issue with chess. Chess is a game where you need uniformity to work out what's what. I think it depends on what race it is. So if it's Kemri, not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Because actually uniformity for undead makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, what was the other one you said? Ogres. ogres. Yeah, I don't know about Ogres. I think. Ogres are a bit more obvious, I suppose. That's the Ogre and that's the Snotling. You can't get mixed up, I suppose. But he's um, if you search for Anthony F um, on BB Community, and probably STL or Kemri, he should pop up. Uh, he's going to be um, potentially doing a Kickstarter soon with a number of teams that he's actually got in the, in the pipeline. So it might be worth looking at. Similar to the um, the Golden Wings one we spoke about last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, there's a bit of a um, possible little revolution coming on at the moment with 3D printing. Yeah, it's quite interesting. 
<laughs> it's only a matter of time, Rick, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, but that's that's the long and short of it, really. There is one other little bit, and it's just really um, a bit of a review. So we saw Windsor Chalk Miniatures we did indeed. start growing. Um, they did a great thing for us and, and our listeners, which is they get you get 10% off if you use the code Bonehead out there. Their cart. I picked a couple of miniatures, picked up the uh, Birch Tree Man and the Big Ogre Guy, and did a little unboxing video on YouTube. I've built them. I've started. I've, I've primed them. And they're lovely models. Yeah. So Windsor Chalk Miniatures, do go and have a look. They don't have a huge range, but every one of their models is really, really well done. Yeah, um, there's a lot of time has gone into them. And the price point's fantastic. It's postage amazing. was cheap, so basically with the bonehead code, postage was, was free. That's brilliant. Which made made all the difference. So it's 15 quid for a really cool star player. That's cool. And um, Can't be that really. Really recommend them. So over to hobby, games and bits and pieces. Let's start with Rick. What have you been playing? Uh, actually, I've had a few games of Blood Bowl over the <laughs> over the weeks. Only a couple of three, eh? <laughs> a couple of three. <laughs> so I had a game of sevens with you, didn't I? You did indeed. Was this uh, practice for the tournament? It was. Yes, it was. Which it was. certainly seemed to pay off. It did. He beat me 2-1 um, on turn 12. Yeah, that was also a bit of luck there. Elven and rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Another reason Elven should just go away never to return. Um, who else? I had a game with uh, Ben Russell. Ah, uh, Ben 2. Ben 2, <laughs> down at the caravan. <laughs> um, again, was that Sevens again or was that Full Blood Bowl? No, that was Full Blood Bowl. I needed to get another league game. Oh, yeah, I needed to get a league game in with my Dark Elves, and Ben managed to take out another three players. Oh, yeah, that's right. With yeah. his High Elves. Yeah. Murdered the Dark Elves with High Elves, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, the story of that team's. Yeah, that's the that's the downside of elves, uh, especially in league format, which is something we're going to talk about quite a lot in our second topic. Um, so, other than your Super Bowl games, have you got any other ones in? Um, uh, a league game with Matt. Oh, brilliant! That's um, good. Was that uh, minor Tuesday. league as well? Minor league, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, so he was using his orcs. Yeah, that was the first game I played where I haven't lost players actually. Oh, yeah. And against orcs. Against as well. orcs, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Rich, how about you? Um, I had my, my game against Rick. Um, not Tuesday, last Tuesday, wasn't it? We did that. We had a couple of games for the YouTubes. Absolutely. So we got a couple of that. was more tournament practice. Yeah, so we've got a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash the Bonehead Podcast. And on there we have um, seven super series, which is just me playing bubble sevens against various players rick you've had a couple of games on there yep. which was good and against rich we filmed a couple of games using the sewer bowl sevens um skill sets yep. it gave us a bit of practice and also to see an example of a skill set system for blood bowl sevens one of those is live and I'm gonna try and get the other one out either this weekend or the following weekend because cool. I've, I've got another game in the can as well amazing which is quite cool but no it was good to get that game on the go and we got to use the pitch as well we did. That pitch was wonderful. Nah, was you cool. know what? It was um the the concern I think at one point was whether the um the ball token was going to show up, <laughs> but it came out so well. You bought the green one. Yeah, yeah. So I had some ball tokens made with the actual scatter on the top of it because the idea being is if you've got the ball, if you don't need the scatter template unless you need to scatter the ball, in which case the ball's got no one on it. 
However, with our Blood Bowl 7's maps, which are bright green, it just faded into nothingness. Yeah. But now we've got Stone Pitch, it still stands out brilliantly, especially really on camera. Oh, I yeah, still like my traditional ball. I know, I know, and it works great, <laughs> but less so for camera. Yes, no, that makes sense. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, Hobby-wise, I finished off my 7's team for the tournament. Yes, you based some stuff. I based some stuff, and they were all painted. And they I've got really to do good. a little bit of highlighting. It looks really good. But it did look good, you wouldn't have noticed from... from two foot away which is good honestly facing makes all the difference it really does I had such a I had such a little glow after I did the basing I was like oh, it finishes it them off feels so good yeah. even if you you haven't completely finished all the painting like the highlighting oh, you don't no. notice it at all not even that when I did my Dark Elves to play uh, yeah play against Milton on YouTube I, they're still mostly not painted I painted them purple and did a couple of details obviously agrax them and then base them and it just made them look finished mm. I've found hardly any details on them now it means that later I can just go back when I get bored and just you know top them up and make them look really good honestly basing is the biggest thing it makes all the difference speaking of dark elves oh yes I've <laughs> I've done a thing I, I love the dark elf roster and every time I see a dark elf painted really nicely it makes me want them purely mostly because of the, the, the stab <laughs> I love the assassin. I love Stabby Stab. I was told um, by yourself yeah. that you never take one. I'm not I'm... convinced. I'm not convinced. But I have created a proxy team, which you can see on our page, using Silverneth models. Which look really cool. It's, it's a great idea. Yeah. It's um, At the moment, it just looks like a black mass, and it is difficult to tell them apart, but I'm planning on doing red skin and red highlights, so hopefully... It'll be a bit more obvious as to who is who and what is what. Moreover, if um, is that's that's one of the only negative comments you had is how the hell do we tell them apart? Yeah, I think um, that's it. And I'm perfectly happy to just give you my transfers so you can put them on the base. Oh, there we go. Which I think is probably the easiest way to. Quite possibly, it. yeah. Yeah. Then just do this. Yeah, exactly. that would make so much. Chuck it on the bases. Job done. That is the most simple solution and one I had not thought of. Yeah, no one even on, no no the thread suggested it either. And like I said, okay, comments. <laughs> I've got two Debark Elf teams. I've got loads of transfers I'm never going to bother using. I may just do that. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to have an Elf team that isn't an Elf team. That might be your first Edge team. That is my first Edge team. That's really exciting. That is my first Edge team. The good thing about Dark Elves, though, is, well, apart from... Rick. Your experience, Rick. Oh, gosh. They they can dish out some hurt and mm. they can survive a lot of hurt as well. Yeah, they're, they're no, a nice middle. That's what I was thinking. Well, they should do. Yeah, they should do. I mean, you just had some bloody. I had lots of. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I've named them the Black Oak Outcasts. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Boo. So um, yeah, so I have a non-elf elf team, which I think is very cool. It'd be interesting to see what you do for the next ones. Um, no. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. Did, I had two or three comments of um, wood elves. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I can't do that. Yeah, That's talking of wood much. elves, that is a bit of hobby I have done. So we got a chance to do the unboxing video at Toyment when the wood elf team came out, and yes. I finished off building them. I don't know why, I just did, because they're great models. Um, got them based out, they're all primed now, which is cool. I primed them with the ogre and the dreamer. That's cool. Um, I've got some contrast to try and paint them up, and I don't know if I'll, I'll do a little bit of a test with the skin. Let's see, because Milton um, has used one of the skins on his Pro Elf team, and it's worked really, really well. Mm. So I was like, okay, you know what, Wood Elves, there's a lot of skin. We'll try and undo that with those, but I'll give it a test and see how it works. But well, I've done mine with contrast. Yeah. That looks good. The skin looks good. It, it, I'm, yeah. I, I still miss my paints. 
But um, yeah, it's. Um, I think there's a certain. I think if there's an application for it. Yeah. Especially if you just want to get quickly, it done quick. quick yeah. Get a team done quick. But See, I have really bad painting habits. Like I will base the entire model the primary color. So with the wood with the dark elf team, which is primary color is purple, I just basically covered the entire model in a slightly watered down purple over a white undercoat, sure. which kind of did the thing that contrast does. And then you paint out the details, and then you give a shade, and the shade kind of outlines all the colors anyway. But it also covers up your mistakes, which is why brown undercoat is such a useful thing if that's one of your primary colors. So contrast does a similar thing. So it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. I would love to get a wood elf team painted up because I think it's just quite. It's just quite cool. I mean, they are OP, but um, yeah. I mean, I've already got my Skaven for that. But I think Wood Elves are even more powerful than Skaven. Yeah, I agree. Interestingly, nobody took them at the tournament. They didn't at all, did they? Um, maybe they just weren't. People were worried about them disappearing. Well, maybe, or maybe it's just the models hadn't been out quite long enough. Ah, uh, that's um, true. Because uh, I was quite tempted. Someone was saying that they found it difficult to price one out. To price one out. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I think I haven't checked to be honest, but yeah, I reckon you can just about do it. I mean, how much are the ward answers? They're 120 each, I think. 120. And then the linemen are 70. Yeah, 350. So for 590, you've got five linemen and two ward answers, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. However, I think the catchers would be quite handy to have inside. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sold on the catchers myself, but I think if you're going to be throwing and catching, just go for pearls. Hmm. Way, way better skill set for it. Well, I won't argue that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as for games, I also got some games in for, for Serbo, which was great. Played my five on that. Um, played some more practice games of sevens. Um, and I'm hoping that tomorrow night at club I'll get a, I'll get a proper Blood Bowl game in. But um, we will just have to see see what it goes. Hobby-wise? I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still needing the game tomorrow night. Oh, brilliant. So I might just... Cause I'm taking random. Yeah, I know, which is and so And it's going to be his first league game. His first ever league game. So he'll be um, playing Ben 2. But yes, if you're uh, looking for a game... I'm sure... I am good to go. Minor or major? Either. Okay. Where do you prefer? Bring your, bring your minor team. Yep. Um, because, um, well, I think there's going to be quite a few people looking for games tomorrow. Because you're playing Adeptus Titanicus tomorrow. Okay. Uh, if Matt turns up, yep. Fantastic. But if not, blah, blah. I'll I believe, I'll believe you know how to play. <laughs> so, very lastly, uh, anyone got anything brewing in the post received as a prize? <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, hint. So, congratulations to Rick, who did win our tournament of the weekend. It was five rounds, and we'll talk about it in a second, but he won the Punga Miniatures um, Magma Tribe. It um, ended up being a bit of a mixture of both, I think. Oh, really? It did. But oh, that's, that's cool. I'm not sure. Rich and I were looking at them. Trying to uh, figure out which is which. Here and they look great. They look they great. Look They're big really players, good. which is which is excellent, especially because the new orcs are actually really big players as well. Yeah, they, they're going to fit quite nicely, aren't they, on the pitch? Uh, I guess this goes back to what we were talking about, bespoke teams. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to painting these guys up. But I think they're going to. They're going to come up so something well. special. It really? And, yeah, they, um, look, they look awesome. It's a, a trophy that you can play some games with, even if orcs. I don't think are your style. The, no, they're not. Um, it's a forever trophy. It's a forever trophy. <laughs> <laughs> they are that, but you know, over the years I've played, played them. Just paint seven. We'll get them on su- on Super uh, Seven Series. Yeah, yeah. Be okay, awesome. there's the challenge. That'll be awesome. Seems, seems appropriate to paint the sevens team for a sevens uh, sevens prize. 
as for other bits and bobs going on, um, I'm going to finish up my my non-dark elf elves. Yes. What team are you taking to Carnage? I am taking my forest goblins. Oh, okay, fantastic. So I'm going to take them and just so, go for for some stunty loving. So that's Secret Carnage at the end of August, isn't yep. it? Thirtieth, thirty first, October thirty first. Wow, two weeks on Saturday. Yeah. So you've got your team all built and painted, yeah. which is brilliant. Randall has just got to put a, a little bit. Got to do a green wash on his statues, paint his wizard, brilliant. and do some basing. But he is there as well. Nah, that's really really cool. I haven't put his fluff up yet, have I? No. I need to do that still. He wrote some fluff on his team. Yeah, I saw it. it was... yeah. yeah, it was cool. Yeah. He's, 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 he does a good job of that. And we have got uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten weeks till Tombstone Tournament. I am looking forward to that. I am going to be putting up a post very soon um, with the list of teams cool. that could be taken. If you get me the logo, I can publish the rule book where all the teams are in. And but get just, we just waited on the logo for that. Yeah. And then we can put the rule set up and um, we can start pimping it. Sweet. That'll probably be the end of the month. Yeah, fine. Cool. We'll get that done. Wonderful. Right. Let's move on to our first topic. Okay. So first topic, first big topic of the episode is talking about our tournament, Sewer Bowl 7. So we've been mentioning it for a good few episodes now. And it's been and gone, which was fantastic. So Sewer Bowl 7s was hosted at Entoyment and Pool, which is a, a great, I don't want to say little, but it's actually a massive game store. It's, it's amazing. An insane it's amount. It's really good. A dangerous amount of stock. <laughs> yeah. um, the only reason I didn't get a chance to buy anything is because I ran out of time before the end of the day. Oh, I bought something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't take my wallet. Well, that's a very sensible idea, I think. <laughs> uh, it is a fantastic, fantastic store. I think everyone else who went bought Stuff. Something, yeah. Yeah, which is very cool. Um, and it was a five round Blood Bowl 7 tournament. It was, and it went so well. It was a really good day, I think. Um, we ended up with 14 players. 14? Yeah, we had one guy who couldn't make it because he was forced to work because he's in the police, which was very sad. It was. Um, but that meant I got to play, which was quite fun. So when we mm. played um, Bonehead Bowl, I didn't play, I just TO'd, and this time. We tweaked a few things so that even when we were both playing, we could still do all the data entry and stuff. Yeah, and worked it, really well. Yeah, we got away with it. It was a bit stressful, but actually we got away with it. It meant that we had an absolute ton of games. We really did. We um, really did. So, first things first, congratulations again to Rick, who Woo-hoo. did actually come first. He did yeah. come first. And it was a very, very small margin as well. Yeah, final really points. against Chris. So, Rick, you ended up with uh, four wins, one loss. And uh, 135 points. And second place was four wins, one loss with 132 points. It was such, such a close tournament. And as we went into round five, there was four or five teams that were all within a win away from, from claiming that first. Yeah, there really was. It was, um, it was so tight. Which was really exciting to see. It was great. But it was such a good day all round. So really good, really well humoured, really sort of, I don't remember any sort of disagreement on a rule or anything in there. There was only one disagreement on a rule, which was because the Bubble 7's rules have gone through so many iterations. There were two points that came out of it, which um, we'll have to make sure are very nice and clear for next time. Which One is the throwing, because the yeah. old Blood Bowl 7's rules yes. basically dropped long bomb and counted everything as one further, which I really don't think is necessary. And is now gone from the NAF rules. Right. So I've never played with those rules for Blood Bowl 7s, and it's not in the book, so it's just a legacy thing. 
and the other legacy thing, which isn't covered in the current NAF Level 7's book, but is covered in the one from like 2005 BC, is the um, is the kickoff rule. Yeah, the bull scattering. Yeah, the the point of contention for that was the BB7's rule adaptation doesn't say anything about changing the kickoff to being a kick, uh, being a touchback if it goes into uh, yep. beyond the other person's scrimmage. It, it, so there's no reason to change it from the halfway line. And that did come up a couple of times. We were mm. like, is this a touchback? Is this not a touchback? And as you know, as we were TOs, we made the ruling that actually the rulebook doesn't say to change the kickoff. It just says if it goes into the opponent's half. Um, so that's one thing yeah. that I think we'll have to clear up. But actually, I like the halfway line. It makes sense. Yeah, I do. Simple yes. straightforward. You can still get a onside kick. It can still be, you know, three squares in front of the other team without it being right in front of yours. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I think allowing it to scatter to the other touchback line is it's too much. It's too far. It means you can just plonk the pit. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. But anyway, we went with that. And that was one. That was probably the only rules contention that came up. Was a case cool. of what exactly do we do with this? Yeah, we played five rounds. We did. So, normal blah blah tournament for four games, three games. We mm-hmm. ran bonehead bowl, worked out really well. Everyone we've been to has been three games. Yeah, indeed. And that's felt the right amount. For sevens, obviously it's a shorter format. We felt that five was was pretty reasonable. So, yeah. one thing to, to check in with is how many games, if we're going to do it again, which we've already got it booked in for next year. We have. <laughs> uh, if we run a similar, if we do go for sevens, how many games should we play next year? Five. Five was good for you? Five was See, good. It was a long day. I would start it earlier. See, I, I would consider four. Purely for that and just have that gap in between. I think it's like you said, four games. There was a lot of teams that were still very close. Five games. Oh, even five just... games. <laughs> it was only, a, to be fair, even last place was down to a point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it was a long no, day. it was a long day. I, I, was, I was pretty brain dead at the end of it, but... Um, that's um, that's something we're already going to have to take into consideration. So we have 11 players out of a 14 and actually do our little questionnaire uh, afterwards on Sunday to, to give us some feedback about that. And it is the majority of five games. Yeah. But it did feel, at the, after that fourth game, it was about half past four, mm. actually it might have been quite nice to call it quits then and just had a nice chilled end. So yeah. something to think about for next season. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's something that we would... It would be worth putting out to people. Yeah. I'm kind of going, we spoke about this last year. What are your thoughts a year on? Yeah, is it is it five games? Is it four games? I love five games. You've got to play a lot of Blood Bowl. There was a lot of Blood Bowl. There's a huge amount of Blood Bowl. But each game isn't overtaxing. It, you, you know, it's they're short enough to, to get your break. Yeah. Uh, the timings went really well this yep. time. Oh, so well. Quite by accident. We didn't have... <laughs> there was only one point we had to hurry up a game, wasn't it? Yeah, but even when I went over there, like, oh, we're on the last turn. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, that was brilliant. it. It was going to be a case of, we need to let know there's about 15 minutes left. Yeah. And they were on the last turn. Yeah. So finished with enough time for us to run the stats and, and get the, the matchings up. That was also something that I was quite pleased with how it went. We did manage to get away without pairing anybody up against the same coach. Oh, yeah. That was something special, to be honest. It was quite, quite fortunate. Um, so we've got a spreadsheet that does most of the work for us, but we do have to go through and just manually double check that every, you know, that actually mm. there's no, without making people play the same people twice, and mm. it worked out all right. I did check at the very end. I was like, has anyone played anyone twice? No, no fantastic. 
it was a bit easier at Bonobo because I had that time as we were going into the round to prepare all the matchings, and then when the last match came out, it would only make a slight adjustment. This, where we went basically from nothing to everything all in one go. Mm. That still worked out quite well. So, my next question for you both is the the rules pack. I loved it. So, specifically around the skills and the tiering. I think it was perfect. I think so too. There was a bit of discussion about it at the end. Good, that's that's great. And um, and we kind of discussed, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, I think we discussed and came full circle that actually it wasn't a bad... It worked out well. It, it wasn't a bad mix. The leader option was good. So, yeah, that was a bit contentious on the feedback. A couple of people were like didn't like the leader being forced on us. and Well, more along the lines of it was a bit complicated. So, which was... Which was was exactly what we were trying not to, not to achieve. Yeah. So Blood Bowl 7s, the re-rolls are twice the price. Yes. Some teams can take leader on a single, some teams can take leader on a double, even within the same tier group. Mm-hmm. So Halflings now have leader on a single. The other tier 3s don't, for example. Mm-hmm. And we thought, just to make that, just everyone gets one re-roll, basically. It can't be robbed by Halfling Master Chefs. It just sits in there. And you can trade it out for another you know, single yeah. skill or whatever, and it may kind of to be a bit thematic of being your captain, that captain gets leader. Um, I liked it from that point of view because actually it meant you had a default and you could choose to take no rerolls. Yeah. So I definitely played someone who traded out their leader reroll. Yeah, Milton did. Uh, one of our local players. Uh, Milton yeah, did as well. He, he sat, sat that off to put block on um, a witch shelf. And, uh, and I also played someone, I, I think it might have been Chris with the Skaven, yeah. He was able to buy a re-roll. Yes. So he was he was playing with two, and that's um it's a big advantage. It is a big so, advantage, but it's also a huge investment of your team. So it really does make it a very different build, and that's something I was really pleased of. There were multiple multiple <coughs> dualities of teams, and the builds for each were very different. Yeah. I say very different. They were quite different. Um, in fact, let me just bring up the original pairings list. So there was three human teams. Two necromantic teams, two skaven teams, two halfling teams, two pro elf teams, a dark elf, a renegade, and an Amazon team. Mm. So I was surprised to see that there were there were a couple of teams that weren't represented. Surprised not to see Norse. I thought they would have been quite popular. That that was my only other option was Norse, but I was hoping to use that um, Corpus Cabal. Oh yeah, oh, um, I'm actually quite surprised there wasn't Norse, mm. and it was a team I considered. Yeah, I, if I'd had the models, and this is why I want Games Workshop to bring out Norse team next, hmm. um, although there's quite a lot of positionals, so they might struggle. The Ulf Warriors, because I think, did we run games like that, or was this with Bonehead Bowl, Rich, we practiced a couple of games, and your Ulf Warriors with Tackle were awesome. No, we did do one or two Yeah, for the Sevens as well. And yeah, the Ulf Warriors were, were infuriatingly yeah. good. Now. Yeah. Werewolves are not, so, not too shabby either. Oh, <laughs> goodness, no. They did, they did a great job, but they didn't win. I mean, they came close, the necromantic teams, but they didn't win, and, you know, classic elf magic happened in the end. But the the lists were very different, even down to halflings. I took two trees. Joe, who did a heck of a job on the day, uh, coming in fancy dress as a halfling master chef with, with chainsaw, with chainsaw, <laughs> chainsaw, took one tree. And I ended up playing against him, unsurprisingly, because, you know, tier three tends to gravitate towards other tier three. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky because actually having that second tree was just, like, I could, you know, destroy more halflings it was a close game but it was it was a good game but I was pleased that there was more variance in the team builds than I, than I thought might be yeah I thought it would just be elf heavy I have to admit it was a skate yeah. or two thrown in I'm surprised there was less 
I mean, I was... What, was I the only pro-elf? No, there was two pro-elves. Oh, there was two pro-elves, yeah. yeah. Oh, Logan. Logan it was, yeah. Yeah, so with the seven deadly sins. Um, who had a quite a bad time of it, I think. It was, it was a mixed bag for him in the end, I think. He got... Um, oh, God, I know. He, he got pitch cleared, didn't he? Yeah, he got tabled. But he did some through, uh, Game three. Looked horrendous. Huh? <laughs> that was a, that was um, from reigning Bonehead Bowl champion Ben, who also had a pretty good tournament. Did, he yeah. finished fifth in the end, with three wins and two losses. Not bad. Not bad at all. I personally think one more skill would have been juicy, or a slightly inflated team value. One of the two, but that's because I like more. Always like more. Always will like more. I think it would take away from from the sevens. I do too. I, th- I think the two skills really makes you think about who you're going to give it to, how you structure your team. That was the idea, was that actually it made your special guys real special. Yeah. Either because they were your re-roll, and I had that in several of my games where it was like, ooh, going into the second half, my leader guy and their leader guy were both out. Oh, uh, we had that. You, yeah. you and I, we took each other's leader out within a turn of each other. And actually, it did feel like someone special, like that guy is my captain. That's what he does. Oh, man. It was, it was quite cool. But overall, I'm really happy with the build. Um, and Yeah, I wouldn't change much, if anything, to be honest, apart from maybe the number of games. There was a couple of bits of feedback from us, which was um, along the lines of, Someone literally wrote bang on, but there was someone who said too few, and someone who said the, the tiers didn't feel all that balanced. Okay. Um, but it's really quite difficult to, to do that, so we just used the regular tier system. I did look at the sevens wins the on Tiers aren't meant to be balanced, though, are they? No. Um, Blood Bowl's not meant to be balanced. I think... No. I do wonder if Proels and Necromantic in tier two might have felt a little bit special. Because if you think Proels... And vampires were in the same catchment zone. Yeah. So if we were to do it again, I think we might have to bump a couple of other teams into tier one. Mm. And I think Necromantic and Pro Elves. Not to take anything away from you, Rick, because I know. No, no, no. Pro Elves is a. There's a lot going um, for them, isn't there? Might be. Might be something that we look at just just tweaking slightly. Um, So that was good. I was really happy with that. The leader skill was contentious, but I think it worked well for what we wanted I, to achieve. I think, I think it needs to stay. There is the option of swapping it out. If you don't want to swap it out, that's fine. But I don't think it was necessarily confusing. I think it's quite straightforward. Um, if you don't want it, fine. Have a normal skill on another guy. It's, it's not. I think it might have been simpler way. if we didn't give the option to trade it in. But I really wanted people to have the opportunity to go hellbent. Yeah. And to just literally take no rerolls. And we had people just, taking no rerolls at Bonehead Bowl. Yeah, which was amazing. Which was insane. Yeah. Having that one reroll was nice. Yeah. I have to admit. And you were very careful with when and how you used it. Well, you were oh, supposed to desperate. be careful. Yeah. <laughs> desperate. Um, I was lucky I had my halfing Master Chef, so I just got rerolls mm. for free all the time. Mm, that's good. Um, and uh, that worked out quite nicely. So. The effort that was put in by people for the tournament was fantastic. Oh, the, the pitch by the Creedies yeah. was, was really beautiful. That was good. Amazing. I didn't realise that he'd hand-cut every one of those squares out of plywood. Yeah. The way he did the, the oh. um, touchdown marker. And the little twiddly touchdown yeah. marker was, was amazing too. They're quite crafty because he, he built the, his own the dice 
Yeah, he touched the dice Yeah, he's built all those. But he was saying that when they built it all, they put it in, they got the touchdowns, they got... No, sorry, they had the, the turn marker, yep. they had the reroll marker, they built the pitch, and they looked at it when something's missing and realised that they completely forgotten the touchdown. And they had that little tiny square at the end, which is why they machined that little bit. So you it was an what? afterthought. Yeah, I didn't notice. No, you wouldn't. No, Do you know how, did he tell you how they put them on? No. Um, poppers. You know, like um, clothing poppers. Oh, wow. It's literally just that. You can pick it up and just clip it back on again, twizzle it around. That is a cool idea. Yeah. Genius. No, it was Absolutely really that was fantastic. Great Some of the teams were beautifully painted as well. Uh, Woody's in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Woody's was, yeah. was very, very well done. The conversion work that Joe had put in on his, because he built this big dugout and thing. I don't think he it was quite built finished. A whole Hobbit Hill. Yeah, it was. It was still very, very, very impressive. It was. Um, and yeah, so it was. It was. It was great to it see was that effort going there. Some halflings in there as well. Did you say? Yeah. Or, yeah. The big fat bellied one. Yeah. The, the star players and. Yeah. He, yeah, he put a lot of effort in. Just again, I was really impressed with the the buy-in that people had for this, which was really cool, especially for sevens. Yeah. So, Honest, honesty time. Bonehead Bowl was really different, really exciting, and it was really, it was really exciting. It's like I can take a whole team of two teams, and it could be craziness. <laughs> the, the builds, yeah. there was hundreds of different variants of teams, let alone the builds within them. Going into this, we had a more restricted skill set. We had a very strict team set, and I was worried that it wouldn't be as exciting. And we had the same turnout basically, and did played more games. And I'm really pleased with how it went. And one thing I'd really like to do is just get some feedback on how the Sevens format felt as a competitive situation. Because Bonehead Bowl was really, it was slightly competitive, but it was just absurd. Because it was mixed teams. We had no idea what we were going to play yeah. against. And it was not a massively competitive thing. Sevens, although it wasn't massively competitive, it didn't feel like that. But you've got normal builds and you can... You know, play. I think it was taken consistently. a bit more seriously. Yeah, not massively, but enough to make you want to win the game. When I played Bonehead Bowl, if I won, great. But I just wanted to see what kind of everyone was there to just try out absurd things. Yeah. Yep. Whereas in this, out of the games I lost, so I won two, lost three. They were close games. My game against you was close. Yeah, very. My game against Ben too was close. And who was the other one I played against that I lost to? Can't remember now, Charlie maybe. Don't use Charlie at the beginning. I'm not sure, but again, that was close. I think there was only one touchdown in it each time, and I had the opportunity to be able to 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 go further and do something. I think a lot of teams that were there were also teams that these guys were playing in leagues. That is exactly right. And so yeah, it's a chance to play your team a different way. Definitely. And I think um, I love that. Yeah, I do love that, and that's why I like sevens. It's because yeah, it is your it is a it is club ball a different way. It's like a a twenty twenty cricket game, you know. It's, exactly. it's just exciting to. Yeah. Uh... It's to still it's a shot of blood ball. Um, so yeah, I think whether we go for four or five games next time really depends on the feedback we get and, and the overall feel of it. I mean, I'm a big fan of moving blood ball into a more competitive light, or you know, more commentary, more more streaming, more you know video footage of it to make it more of a just to get more people playing blood ball. But at its heart, I think Blood Bowl is just there to be played for fun. Mm, and it is. every one of our players, you know, at the tournament. I think that's why I like, that. I actually like the tournament style of play more than the league style of play. I, I enjoy I enjoy the team building. But when you go to a tournament, you're actually, 
it doesn't matter if you play or dies. Yes. So yeah, you yeah, tend to just you want to try a bit more and and push the boundaries a little bit more because it doesn't matter. And we've spoken about this a couple of times. There's the Blood Bowl trifecta, isn't there? There's the hobby, mm-hmm. there's the story, and there's the game. And tournaments are about the hobby and the game. Yeah. Leagues are about the story and the game. You know, hobbies are always there, but actually. It, you know, you've got your league. Single. I've built my league. We've gone through this journey. We've now at this point, my team plays because of this way. Tournament, you go right. How do I? What do I want to do? Yeah. You can just cut straight to what you want to do. Yeah. And for a brief period of time, you get to play it out repeatedly and see how it works. It's like deck building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I yeah. like. I really like that because it opens up opportunities to play a game you will never achieve in a league format. Mm. And. Yeah. Um, you can do some really crazy stuff. I mean, you know, you pulled it off with elves. Yes, yeah. I definitely, in that, there was a few games where I, I didn't hesitate to put a player in a certain position, knowing that... They're going to die. At this point, it doesn't matter in the game, and, and you, it doesn't matter for the yeah. follow-on games. And you cannot do that in a league. <laughs> and that's nice. Yeah, I, I, I like that. So, everybody, that was our breakdown of Super Bowl 7s, um, which was a pretty great day. And we're Very looking, good day. We're looking forward to Tombstone Tournament coming up at the end of October, which is our horror-themed one. We'll get the rules pack out for that soon, covering which teams you can take, because this is going to be a very different tournament. It is horror-themed, Halloween-themed, undead demons. Which is a mixture of secret teams and standard team, and that will be quite cool to see. Okay, so our second topic for the episode is about Blood Bowl 7's leagues. So we've had a very good shot at the Blood Bowl 7's tournament, and um, we've played a lot of one-off games with certain skill packages now. I still think more skills are more better. Um, but um, one of the first questions that people drop off when you play some 7's is, could you play it in a league? It was mentioned a couple of times following the tournament. Yeah, it was. Okay. And it's on the Blood Bowl community and even on our YouTube videos, people are like, is there league rules for this? Is there league rules for this? And there have been some over time of various things. Uh, I've done some digging and I can't see... There's a couple of people who said, oh yeah, we ran a tournament. We ran a league, it went really well. I'll put my rules up in a bit. And that was from 2010. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> And the game has changed significantly since then. So open table, I've had some ideas, but full disclosure doing the YouTube stuff for seven super series and at the moment they're all just one-off games. I would love to take that and do a league over time with teams that progress. Yep. Do like a mini season and have it episodic and just be something that can develop over time. However, the fact there is very little out there and the volatile nature of sevens I think means you probably couldn't just run the basic league system for 11s in 7s. So yeah. what are your guys' thoughts on Bubble 7's league rules? Yeah, it has to be limited. I think any skill options should be basic. Do you, So start with a blank team. Mm-hmm. Generate SPPs as normal? I think so, but have a very limited pool of skills you can take. We touched on it at the at the tournament with, with the guys afterwards and what was discussed was perhaps just earning an MVP award and skilling up that way yep. and not for anything else. So I did think that for, for the YouTube series, at the end of every game, pick three guys, 
roll randomly in a D3, like you do with the MVP award in the 2016 edition, and that player gets a skill up. It's a quick way of doing it, and it controls the league's development to keep it in line. So I'm glad that they bandied that around, because that mm. might be one of the most logical ways to do it. It would, but you know, I think I think the biggest thing is they're, they're meant to be no-hopers rookies who've got no no real talent, aren't they? Or they're beginner league. Okay, beginner. So this is your, I mean, to use British football, this is yeah, like conference. the, yeah, this is one step up from pub teams. Okay. So you're not likely to get somebody, for example, who levels up and bang, they've got mighty blow. Well, actually, I thought about this as well, because I thought about this for Super Bowl. I was like, right, well, what could, what, why would this make sense? Let's take the stats of all the Blood Bowl players and just assume that they are actually one lower than they really are. So a human lineman would be 5227. Yeah, but you're playing it because the environment is equal. So these guys are all worse players than regular players, mm. but the skill-ups and the strength-ups and stat-ups are comparatively balanced against each other. Right. So a strength 3 guy in 7s against a strength 3 guy in 7s, really, if they're like beginner players or they're the dregs of Blood Bowl, if they were to play in a real league, they might be considered actually strength 2. But right. in the environment of a 7s pitch, actually, that guy going to strength 4 or that guy getting to edge 4 really is just edge 3 right. in the real world, but in a Seven's environment, that guy's great. He's really good. He's not really good, he's just as good as normal Blood Bowl players, but yeah. in the Seven's environment, actually, he's just better. That, for me, took away the fluff edge of going, actually, it seems crazy to have strength five humans in Blood Bowl Sevens. Actually, that guy's just really super talented and he would only be strength four or something in regular Blood Bowl. Right. You know, it, it, for me, and this is completely left field, good. but my... My love of the X-Wing model yes. gaming system where you have a stat for a aircraft and then you have the cards to personalise it. I would love to see, and I think 7s would be a good fit for that, where you your, your skill-ups, you, you actually get to choose it from a deck of cards and therefore you can personalise your... I like the idea in principle. I think... The thing I struggled, I agree with what you're saying, but yes, they're they're not as good as yeah your your your, your standard blood bowl players. They are the the rookies, the the amateurs, whatever you want to call them. But I think if you end up reducing stats and start playing around with that to accommodate, it ends up being a bit no no, no it's not actually reducing them, just explaining it by saying that strength three it's in thematic, yeah, yeah the, right. actually it's just in their environment. So you're not actually changing any of the rules. Elves still have elf stats. But you're like, why would an Edge 5 Elf be playing in Blood Bowl 7s? Why wouldn't he have been stolen? Because actually, he's... He's, he's in a level 2 grade. Yeah. yeah. It's equivalent to the yeah. grade he's in, or the level yeah. he's so in. So, not actually changing their stats, but it explains away the fact that... So, even a player who ends up with block Mighty Blow in 7s, when he, when he goes to the big leagues, that block just stands him in line with everyone who doesn't have a block. Right. So, it's just a mindset. Just a way to explain yeah. why these players are better. Okay than that take away that edge as for choosing level up and skills now I love that idea because we talked about that on the way back mm-hmm. to the sevens which is, but that is very much tournament build but does it have to be because <clears throat> Blood Bowl in its original format is your perfect league team Blood Bowl sevens you've got to approach it differently for a six game or eight game league yeah and 
maybe this is a nice way of customizing your or giving your your team personality without without having to overpower because on a small field you know once your players start skilling up it's 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 just going to get tough so you bring a really good point which is that when you're playing with something that's 600 team v with seven or eight players really no re-rolls maybe one someone getting a double someone getting a couple of guys who have skill ups that gap opens up real quick doesn't it it does so these cards in my mind yeah and it's a strange place uh, it, instead of getting a traditional skill up, you might get a skill up that you can use once per game. So that player that you get, once per game, he can use leap, or once per game he can use mighty blow. A sudden and urge, sudden. Maybe that's how you can give your team that that yeah. edge without being overpowered. That is the field, but actually that might suit. A Blood Bowl 7's quick play yeah. structure really well. Might do, yeah. Um, My thought is you could run it, if you're going for a narrative type of thing, it could be ran as a precursor to an actual league. So say, for example, you're planning on running Norse for mm. an 11s team. But, or there's all of you, there's, there's six teams and you're, you're going to take humans, Norse, chaos, whatever. However, you run it as a 7s first. So you run your six games. Then, at the end, anybody who has levelled up, you get the option of being able to bring them on as part of your team, as an immediate sort of jump up, or something that gives you that sort of edge to bolster your team at the beginning without having to worry about rolling for everything. You can kind of go, ah, Duke Hazard has done really well, he's now part of this team, and he actually comes along with block yeah. and dodge, whatever. And you, you purchase him into the big leagues. Yes. That's kind of where we're looking. That's kind of what, okay. what I'm kind of looking at, is... is Blood Bowl 7s is a quick play format. Gives you something really special. Really different. But you miss that league development and that story. It really is about what damage, what danger is there in having that story. So actually, having a six-game six 7s league, you could cover it in three evening sessions. Oh, easy. And then when you go to the big league, then you can buy your team from those players and you get a way of jump-starting a league in there. But you also get that, that throughput. But within that league environment, if you were to use the standard Blood Bowl rules, you would get bloat. You would get injuries. And that, so, Rick, you're Dark Elves this season. You've had multiple games, you've had two or three guys out. Yep. Put that into a sevens environment, multiple games with two or three people out is just going to be really tough. Well, you? that's true, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if your team's getting hurt. Would you be allowed free players? Yes. Because in theory, it's a case of next one up. So, I I love that. Because I, I have, in my little notes for my ideas, yep. I, I'm exactly the same as you. So, because that's exactly it, is that these guys are the dregs. They can they are easily replaceable. So I've put in there, journeyman, okay, or a team that's got less than seven roster players can just hire a lineman for free to bring up to seven players because it doesn't cost you anything. Because yep. the next guy just comes up. And that might take a bit of the edge away from having your guys injured for an elf team or yeah. a skaven team. Is right. I'm not getting to the point where I can buy the next player I want or that next reroll because I keep having to spend my money buying linemen, which hampers a lot of teams. And we've seen it from running multiple seasons. With and this is why we got rid of the, the redraft rules, is because the dwarfs and the the high armored teams had so much money yeah. that it didn't matter. Whereas the low armored teams 
didn't because they had to keep replacing the lineman. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't a lot of fun. It's no fun buying a lineman. You don't benefit from it. No. You don't benefit from it. Um, so that was, that might counterbalance it for that point. I really do like that school card idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I think but that... To me, for a Blood Bowl 7s, it's, it's, I don't know if you have to grey the area between league and I can, I Blood Bowl. Can, you, you've I... talked about it in previous podcasts, how running a league team, once, if someone's late coming in, yep. you, you know, you're playing against a team that's already got five games under its belt, it's difficult to, yeah. You, you know, if you run a prequel of sevens that you're then drawing players in that if they've done well in that league and... It blokes. I, I think Blood Bowl works as it is. Well, can I tell you the reason I'm very excited about that card idea? It's because you could do a... <laughs> this is this is it. You could do a draft. So you've got the cards. Yeah. You've got the deck of skill ups. You draw five cards... You look, you pick one for your team, you pass it around to the next guy. You draft skill sets. Then you use those skills that you've drafted, put them on your team and then play a quick game of sevens. Yeah. And do a random... That'd be great for a snapshot. It would be a really interesting evening. We're going to do a Blood Bowl sevens draft. How does that work? Well, we've got these skill up cards. This is Leap. Level oh zero. Maybe like Speed Bowl. Yeah. You literally just... <laughs> you, 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 you got one person just sits there. And then everybody else moves around. <laughs> it's just a complete sort of speed dating with Blood Bowl, but that would be great. You've got one or two skills. There, done. There's your team. Yeah. And you literally just rotate onto the next one. You could do that three games in an evening. That's a mini tournament. Yeah. For me, I, I would like the challenge of... I, I like playing my leagues, but I'd like to be able to play a game... Seven's actually... It ticks the box for me with a... You're still skilling up, but the skills are not so powerful that it changes that quick game. And if you were doing two or three games in a night, you can... You You know, your team can... You get that advancement. See, this is why I think that you might even have to to limit the skills that you've got access to. Because Mighty Blow, for example, would actually... Could decimate... In a sevens game. It could, but if you can only use it once... Yeah, that's true. That's quite clever. So, that card idea, I'd love to come back to another time. Yep. Because I think that ties into something else I'd like to talk about, which is skill levelling. Mm-hmm. So, having skills of various levels, which goes back to second edition Blood Bowl, where there was, like, Mighty Blow plus one, Mighty yeah, Blow plus two. that's right. Actually, there's a lot of skills, like Block, for example. You could use Block, giving it a variable value. So Block level zero means once per game you can use the Block skill. Block one is just Block. Yeah. Block two, those guys get Block, and people who have a Block of lower level, it gets ignored. And then it gives you an even bigger tree of options. Like, mm. right, my guy's got uh, Block okay. Mighty Blow. Do I now just give him Block level two, which means that I've got Block against someone with Block level one, and it's just completely ignored. And so it skills them up. So actually, you can still develop your players, and it just creates that skill depth deeply. We could even go for something like pass level two, which gives your guy plus one to the pass, which makes it accurate, mm. although that is just accurate. But you know, something like that. And just developing the actual skill. Yeah, given that given that depth, mighty blow plus two, you know, stuff like that which would tie in real well with cards, um, and we could even populate a, some kind of Blood Bowl card set, 
where you do have seven level skills, which is once per game I usually. Or, you know, that's why I think a drafting format would be really good. Oh, I wonder if you could do that on the less taken skills. Yeah. So the standard skills are what they are, yeah. but the less taken skills... You get you Frenzy get. once a game, or Shadowing. <laughs> you know? Or, you know, um, diving, diving Tackle all the mm-hmm. time, or Block times one. All right, he's going to use his Block skill just once. Or the team gets Block times one. Yeah. So instead yeah. of a player getting block, you know, oh, we did some training on block this time, so actually once per game I can use the block skill. He's got block. That's now gone. That right there fits into RPG land. Yeah. That. You, you level up. Yeah. Really I dynamic. I like that. Really done training play. this week. Everybody gets block to use once. One point during this round, or half, depending on your level, your guy can use block as if he had block, or dodge as if he had dodge, because this time we did dodge training. You know, that would be a really interesting way of adding that flavour without massively suffering the bloat of, bloat of leagues and tournaments. However, I'd like to bring it back to Seven's Leagues. Oh yeah, sorry. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I really want to know the best way to do the YouTube series or to run a Seven's League at a club. And what I think is, I think you, you start off with your, your minimum build exactly like you would in sevens. The same rules apply in order to four positionals. Your rerolls cost double. You do it for a short amount of games. Up to six. Something like that. How about you cap the TV you can get to? Yeah. That is probably the best way of doing it. Because it gets to a certain point you can have a couple of players who are really good yeah. and then you either make a decision that get rid of a couple of the ones who aren't so good or you get rid of him because he's moved up into the, the big boy leagues that's some of that's how some of the other older sevens rule sets were set so basically when a guy leveled up um you would so after his first level up on a two plus he'd be fine but on a one he'd get drafted by the big leagues and you'd lose him and just get a replacement lineman for example yeah or, or replacement of that position or so you ward answer levels up and then he gets taken for the big leagues and you get a generic ward answer again to replace him I like the idea of that, but I hate the randomness of it because yeah. it means actually if someone just rolls really well, they've got all their skilled players, which doesn't have me to up. be rolled. Can you just say first game you're at 600 TV, second game you're at 700, third game you're at 800? Something like that, very much. But then again, you're going back into tournament builds. So like, right, right. it's my second game. I think I've got one skill up. Now that might not be a bad way to do a sevens league. But it does take some of the story element out of it. Yeah, and that's the thing you want to try and keep. After my first game, I get a skill up. After my second game, I get to skill up another player. Um, but you lose that, right, this guy pulled off two touchdowns, and now he levels up, and boom, he's randomly strength four. Now I've got this guy who's really cool, and I'm only going to have him well, for a few games. You can, you can with the guys, because obviously we mentioned the stat skill ups a couple of times in this. Hmm. What if they can't? No stat skill ups. But then you lose one of the most exciting parts of levelling up. True, but then it takes away from what Sevens is about. So I think Sevens is a really good little competitive game. I like I like it. I've said like similar to Magic the Gathering or something like mm-hmm. that. You've got your builds and you've got a quick game turnover and I think it's great like that. But this is about whether or not Sevens could be used to... as a Can you get the story... And the league story of building your franchise in sevens, or is sevens really only suitable for set piece builds? 
and it might be that it is only suitable for set-piece builds, and the best way to do it is, at the end of the game, you pick three guys, you randomly choose, one of them gets to level up, and he gets a normal skill. Yeah. And if we think that's the best way to do it... I think that's the way that fits in best with the way Sevens is meant I'm to be. I'm inclined to say the same thing. Yeah. I, I think your, your traditional Blood Bowl is what you're talking about. Your Sevens is a different tool. Yeah. And um, although I, I'm right there with you, I, mm. I like the idea of uh, you love the personality of your team yeah. and you want to see it grow. It's too big in sevens. Yeah, but it is too big. Yeah. I, I, I think you go from 650, one guy gets a skill up. Uh, say you're at 600 TV, one guy gets a skill up, he's up to 650. That's a huge increase. That's the player. Massive. That's something. Yeah. Which isn't so bad when you're playing with 11, 12 players. When you're playing with seven, that guy then becomes absolutely massive. Mm. So it's a really, it's a really, and that is probably why there is no decent rule sets out there for a sevens league yeah. with SPPs and standard growth. I think you would be hard pushed to choose a stat up anyway if you're on it in the sevens. Oh, I don't know, man. I'd take edge on most people because I think it'd be great fun. Yeah. I'd take strength on most people. Yeah, I'm not sure I would. Human strength for human blitzer and sevens would be amazing. I think it'd be great fun. It would be good, but is it worth the? Is it worth a TV bloke? That that's and a really skill. that's a really fair really fair shout. Because so one of the other things I thought about was you can't use star players in sevens. Yep. So you've got a TV difference. Let's just say someone's playing sevens in a they're doing a league with sevens and they're using the league rules as written. Mm. They've ended up where someone's got a couple of skill ups or a stat up, and one of your guys is injured, and you've replaced him with a journeyman or whatever. So you're actually down TV. There's not a lot you can take to close that gap in sevens. No, you could do the thirty k kegs that's on GW now using. <laughs> you could. <laughs> but I thought if you one of one of the things where you can't take star players, you could have taken a semi pro, which instead of so you not two star players, you take a not two positional on your team because mm. obviously in sevens you can only take four positionals yep. actually instead of taking a star player to minimise that gap you could pick up so say you're a Skaven you had your stitch you could pick up a gutter runner who comes with loner or whatever mm-hmm. to fill that gap but I still don't know if that would take away that team value edge so taking away so so not limiting it to the positionals so if you already had four so you basically, could take a star player as a fifth but instead of star players because you can't have them in sevens because yep. they're too low you essentially allow two mercenaries to be taken as from the positional sections of the team. Fine, okay. I like that. Because that still gives you that edge. If you've got someone who's got that potential yeah. couple of extra skills, I think the fact that, you, that, going back to humans, the chance of being able to take that additional blitzer exactly. could be massive. Or you run, a, you know, you pick up a catcher to give you that scoring element. Yeah. They come with catch. That was just one thing I thought actually might counterbalance some of the bloat that you would have. Without putting an OP player in. Yeah. I like they, that. They come with loner. I would say that where you normally pay the 20k extra for a mercenary, you would drop it in sevens. You could also consider animosity. I did think that's because they're showboating. Mm, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a really cool idea. Um, semi-pros or wannabes. Yeah, that's it. Well, that, better than you. That was the other thing. is, Or you do allow star players... But you just give them all animosity as well, because they are wannabes. So it's not actually Morgan Thorg, it's this ogre that thinks it's Morgan Thorg, and compared to Seven's players, he is Morgan Thorg, but he wants to show off. 
Yeah. However, Morgan thought really shouldn't be doing the ball handling. Uh, <laughs> you know. But you know, yeah. another star player, for example. I am, I am, however, in agreement that I think the bloke you get in leagues would be would almost double down in sevens. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I reckon so. It'll be it'll be debilitating. And those games where you're a cool player or you're just positionals, now you've got less positionals by a long shot in sevens yeah. as well, yeah. is really quite crippling. Mm. So I'm thinking that the best way to do it is game one, you get one skill up. Game two, you get two skill up. You get another skill up. Mm-hmm. So each game, as you go, your team develops with one skill up each. The question is, would you limit it to one skill up per player, or right. would you allow them to, to double down? Two. No more um, than two skills a player. Yeah, I'd definitely say no more than two. I think that, that works. Because then I, you're I'm showing almost, that someone is developing. I almost think one per player. Yeah. Because at the end of the season, you'd have a team of skilled players. Mm-hmm. What about the use of doubles? No. I think doubles is is too much. Maybe one. So, you know, the problem is there are going to be certain players where they just become animals on the sevens pitch. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, no. well, I was With just going to say werewolves. You know, if you... Yep. You, know, you have a werewolf, which so they absolutely terrified me. I think the one per player is probably a good limit. I think that's probably a good limit. Or one per positional. Two to alignment. Oh. But then you've got the, the likes of Ogres, for example, where you don't have that option. Yeah, you do, you've got Snotlings. What is six? One, two, three, four. Uh, Rick, Rick means that your lineman guys can have two skill ups, but positional is like gutters. Yeah, you. yeah not, I like that. not one gutter runner on a team can yeah, have skill up. Yeah, that makes no, sense. Yeah. Sorry, I've got a view now. Um, yeah, that could be quite interesting as well. Oh, I like that. Any more than that, and they would get immediately snapped up and stolen. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to come back to doubles again because some of the most exciting tournament building you do is you get that, that option and most skill sets of a double. Yep. especially for stunties do you think that it might be a way to tie it into a tier system I don't think it needs a tier system because I think everybody has good and bad ways of, of using a double but I don't think it should be limited necessarily initially I thought no it should just be singles because of obviously the standard that they're supposed to be playing at but if you can have one out of those six that can do it then you're not sort of you know what, doubles don't, it doesn't bother me, in my mind. I, I think... Choosing a regular versus a double skill. If you if you have a positional that can take a, one skill up and he chooses a double, yeah. you're not going to overpower him. He's just going to be a good player at... See, I, I'm... Whereas I, if you have a lineman, even with two skill ups and he chooses doubles, see, often, often you don't want to take... So you've got something in mind for your player. You but you... on a on a blitzer, almost any blitzer or blocker, you're you're talking about blocking players. Yep. That's just going to become monotonous. That takes away from the from the a fun of from it, a build it? point of view. The the beauty of doubles is it allows teams to feel slightly different. Yep. So chaos um, versus renegades versus skaven. Skaven need those doubles to get those um, mutations. Mm-hmm. Chaos don't. If we allowed muta- if you had allowed doubles to be taken instead of regulars on everybody, you could have mutated Skaven, which could be quite cool, but then that takes away the advantage of Underworld. 
one thing I think might be a way around it is using the tier set and just saying that, for example, tier three teams at skill one, three, five can be a double. Tier two teams at skill two and five can be a double. You end up kind of having an, incre an increasing tournament kind of format where you get fills or just, you know, one in your first three can be a double or if you're tier three, one in your first two can be a double or one in your six if you're tier one can be a double. So you still have the option of going, you know what, I'm going to use my double this time. I'm going to throw my uh, bombardier in there and if I roll him as the MVP, I'm going to use my double for this half of the season and give him Hail Mary. Mm. Just because that would be quite entertaining. I just, the only thing that concerns me is that it could end up becoming just too complicated. Because it's throwing too much into it. Yeah. But you wouldn't want it to be random rolls. Because if you're going to do a, a if you're going to do a creeping tournament, well, it is a tournament field essentially, as a league element, um, you can't have everybody rolling because they are going to get all it. So one team's mm. going to get a load of doubles and maybe a stat ups if you didn't ban them. Your TV is then out. Yeah. And if you're going to do a creep, uh, skill by skill by skill, the beauty of that, and if you have no injuries, the beauty of that is it keeps your TV evens and you're kind of playing a slow build tournament set. So you're saying on game three, yeah. a player can choose a double skill. That kind of thing, yeah. Basically. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's an interesting one because I think generic league play would be too... Would be too, too heavy, for too us. real in sevens. Do you know, I, I don't know. I still, I really like the idea of tying games together that don't necessarily have to be in a league. I think it's just got to. You, you definitely have to come up with some sort of control method. That's where I got those cards in mind because for me, if a human team, for instance, there's a deck of fifteen, twenty cards, you can you can flick through and say, right, end of my first game. I'm going to choose that player to he's be someone. Gonna, he's going to get that. And that gives you the story you're looking for. Yeah. But it's not a league. It's just, how do I tie six games together? Well, yeah, and you've got three human teams. that They might choose three completely different lineups. But in that situation, aren't you just doing three... Is that not just match play? Football? Yeah. Which we talked about a few episodes ago. Uh, Rick, we're going to play an 1100 team game. Okay, there you go. I'm going to build this guy. And next no, 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 week, next you're going to play 11.50. You're still building. that. You still have this progression. But you just keep increasing your guys. So you, you're, still, you're talking about, after each game, let's let them choose a stat. Yeah. So let them choose a card. Well, and then they take that player into the next game. Because I think what you lose there is the, the excitement of the, 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 the uncertainty of Blood Bowl. You don't know what you're rolling because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. What yeah, if you literally, you, you, it can be as simple as, fine, you've got your, your deck of however many, shuffle them, pull it over, choose which player that goes on but all. it doesn't matter because, you, you, again, what what tool is Blood Bowl Servants? You've got a league system that actually, I don't really feel like getting bogged down in a league. Let's just play a string of games and, and there's a way of tying those. It's all, well, for me, Blood Bowl Servants is... I agree that is the best use of Blood Bowl Sevens. Mm. It's a is a match play format. It yeah. really is. Maybe it's just not meant for, for mm. the league. And that is the question, which we have not managed to answer. But I still think there's a there's a format for stringing games together in a nice set 
It doesn't become Structured a tournament. That becomes a campaign, doesn't it? That becomes, yes. that becomes a campaign. That becomes a campaign. Like a, a war game campaign. It does, because you're developing it as you go along. Yeah. Without necessarily the effects of the legal or otherwise, isn't it? Yeah. Warcry, the new game, the skirmish game that's coming from Warhammer, they have campaigns in there. And the way they do it is that every team has its own campaign and it can be played individually. But at games 3, 6, 12 or something, they have a thing called a convergence. And at that point, they get the extra special skill-ups. But every game they do... Well, it's Games Workshop, so it's random. So you can just roll ones and get nothing. Or someone else can roll sixes and get everything. But the idea is that after every game, your team should increase it. So is that a nice... Is that perhaps the format you need to look for, for a sevens? And that's what you guys already did mention, which is at the end of a game, someone gets a level up. And you do creep it forward. And I think that's probably the format I'm going to go for the YouTube tournament or league. Um, Because I think it does give you a way of developing those teams. So they do get a bit of identity. Um, You have it resurrection. Yep. Because not having it resurrection can be, will be really brutal. Um, and you know elves and skaven players will just massively agree with that mm. um, and I think it's probably the best way of getting around to it given the sevens environment that said I'm with Rick I do think that sevens is a, is a good match play format and um, but the, the beauty of Blood Bowl is in league so it'll be interesting to see if we can tie this it's together it's a beauty of Blood Bowl it's one of the trifecta, isn't it? Yeah, you've you got, know, you've got the game, the match itself, the individual puzzle that Sevens is brilliant for because it's quicker to get to, the builds are interesting, and you develop those games and there's no, there's no know, setup for it. But I, I have a, it's a gaming problem. <laughs> when I play games, I always go so far and then I kind of start to drift off. And lose interest and want to try a new something setup. else, and so my teams never progress so far because I've, I, I'm, my mind's gone on to the next thing. That's why we talked about match play and blood bowl the other day. Is because actually, that's why tournaments can be so much fun. Is because you're like, right, I'm going to play four games with this. What's my build? What's my story right. going to be with those? Yeah. And if you did have, say, let's play a right, we're going to play a six-game sevens league. And after every game, one guy gets a skill of your choice. So you build up your team as you go. You build up that story. You've got the builds in your mind. Might be a good halfway house. So, Wobble yep. has a league system going. It does. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Generally, we play every other week. Yeah. So, you could then sit there and think, okay, I'm playing Dark Elves in my league game, but I'm quite curious to see how how does Nurgle play? How does Nurgle play? So you can pick up those seven games yeah. in a different format where they can skill up just in a thought-about manner Yeah. over six games. You get a quick fix. So you get a quick fix. Two sessions, four games. You've played four development games. You don't get the excitement of rolling those doubles and those strength-ups, but... That's not for the game, that's for a long haul, isn't it? Mm, I guess. What I am curious to know is how do some of the teams fare in sevens? Because at 
at the tournament on the weekend. Yes. There were very specific teams chosen. There were, yeah. You, you know, how would a vampire team stack up? Nobody sevens? took dwarves, yeah. Rick. Yeah, no one took dwarves. I nearly took vampires. Yeah, you yeah, my hobby budget got ruined. Yeah. But, and that can open it up to something even better, Rick, which is mixed team sevens and stunty <laughs> sevens. And that's just something that we have to try at some point. <laughs> mixed team stunty sevens. Yeah. Looney sevens. There's just yeah. not enough players in sevens for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, ramp up, ramp up the team value a little bit, and uh, and, have a, and have a crack. Six sixty mixed team sevens. I think it'd be great fun. <laughs> That'd be insane. <laughs> right. Any final thoughts on the suitability of sevens for leagues and how to make it work, if any way? I I think the only way of doing it is a campaign, and you run it individually as opposed to cooperatively. So the question is, do you go from do you keep the stats that keep the skill ups between games and then add on or do you go right it's my second game so I used to get one skill who am I going to give this skill to it's, ah. my, it's my third game so I've got two skills this match do I give them to people that's the difference between a campaign and a match play is because you're going right let's right oh, it's week three what are we at week three two skills mm, right for two skills I'm going to give this guy and this guy are they different skills than you take in week four so week four is three skills. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's just say one skill per week. So week one, you got one skill. Week mm-hmm. two, you got two skills. Does that skill from week one have to stay in put? Yes. I think it should. And that's the campaign bit. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because otherwise, because you're still developing, you still get a chance to write your story. Yeah. If Joe Bloggs has blocked for this match and then all of a sudden doesn't, well, what happened? Yeah. And would you want it random or would you want to pick? Random. Because I can see the benefit of both there. Or, going back to your mention of, I think it was yours, of training. You said, ah, they did block training this week. Is, why can't you create a table saying, okay, so there's, I don't know, this week we did uh, block, wrestle and juggernaut training. And then you roll on that. Or there's, there's That's one option. And another one is dodge, sidestep and leap. So you get these different ones on a D6. Roll a D6 and then whatever it is, you get a choice of those three skills. To what, put on a plane. what if yeah. skills have a value? They do. So a double is worth more than mm-hmm. a single. So what if you were awarded team, money? Team value to put towards your skills and you can save up. And you can save up to so buy the get, double that you want. So you get 30k after every game. Yep. Which, do I take a double or do I save up and then after the next game I get two singles as well? So you go 600 to 630 to 660. So a way of purchasing your skills. That is quite a cool idea. A lot of RPGs use that system. up and then just go hell for leather on game six. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's interesting. It's resurrection. When we we talked about match play, Ben did say this. um, Who He was uh, was saying, why don't you just say his 60k, um, buy stuff. Strength, agility... Mm -hmm. Doubles, well, what was it? A, a single skill update to 20k. 20K. Yeah. Doubles of 30. Doubles of 30. Movements 30. Armors 30. So we, you could restructure those for a sevens somehow, or or how much so at the end of the first game you get 20k. I think if you restructure You can forego buying no, 20k that you have to play another game without a skills up, but yeah. then you can get a double and have 10k left over. 
you play another game, and then you've got 30, so you could get another double. So You know what? Because in that, you get team crafting as well, but it is controlled, and it's not overpowered. You're making that choice not to have that skill yeah. to get you there, yeah. aren't you? I like that, Rick. I think that's really quite interesting. I really like that. I think I'm going to have to butcher that and use that. <laughs> that's brilliant. That is really brilliant. Okay, everybody out there, if you're still listening, um, (laughs) give us some feedback. Uh, Let us know what you think would work for for a more of a controlled league development um, that might fit Blood Bowl 7s. And uh, we're going to move on to our star player. So, the star player we're going to go for this week is one we just haven't covered yet, because we haven't done our Nurgle deep dive. So, we're going to go for Buller Shardhorn. Which is a Pestigore. Uh, can only be taken on the Nurgle team. 230k. Movement 6. Strength 3. Edge 3. Armor 8. That is a bog, well, it's bog standard Pestigore, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, skills wise. Lona. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Block. Extra arms. Foul appearance. Horns. Yeah. Nurgle's rot. Mm-hmm. Regeneration. Stab. And two heads. This That's is, like, amazing. It's an absolute ton of skills. So, uh, block horns. Block horns so is good. Blocking and blitzing on a strength four. It's got two heads, so it's dodging... On a four player? On, on an edge four. Edge three. Yeah, but it's with two heads. Oh, you I get see. plus one so to your just dodging. Uh, dodging plus one to your dodging. Plus one to your dodging. four. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's not the best at smashing into cages, but it's not bad. 3 plus into 1 tackle zone for that blitz. That's pretty good. That's not bad. It's not bad. So extra arms, which is plus 1 to catch and stuff, isn't it? Yes, and... No, not pick up. Pick up's big hand, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so not the most useful of skills in extra arms. But foul appearance, I know, is one of your favourite skills, Richard. It is. I do like that a lot. I think it's it, it's just that one extra dice that someone's got to roll. And so extra, how, how does it work? You've got to roll to be able to block plus, them. Yeah, to be able to block or blitz. And... If you fail it, it's not a turnover, but you 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 yeah, actually stops. Yeah, you just don't make the block. Yeah, that's it, and their activation finishes. So it's I like the mixture of extra arms and two heads. So it's thematic, and actually dodges around on a two plus, and catches things on a two plus for an accurate pass. No, the two heads is only on dodging. Yeah, so dodges everywhere on a two plus. Yeah. And it doesn't arms. catch it on a two plus. Extra, extra arms, arms does, doesn't it? Oh, does it? Yeah, that's what extra arms does. Oh. So instead of a three plus to catch, it's a two plus. So it's dodging everywhere on a two plus and catching accurate passes on a two plus or handoffs. And blitzing on a strength four. Yeah. So so two heads means that actually it doesn't have dodge, but it is dodging away on a two plus. Yeah. So you can give it the ball. It's got foul appearance as a little bit of protection. It's got block again, more protection. It's blitzing out of places on the strength four. So if it's got the ball, so you've given it the ball on two plus, someone bases it, or they survive the block. It can then either have a strength four block attack, or it can dodge out on a two plus, or it can declare a blitz, have a two die block a go. If it doesn't work, you still can dodge out of that other tackle zone. Hmm. With regeneration. And regen, yeah. Nurgle's Rot may come in handy every now and again in a league game. Uh, what does Nurgle's Rot do? If you kill a dude... You get a dude. Oh, right, okay. Three or four. Yeah. Not a stunty. Not a strength five. Uh, you, at the end of the game, you get a guy. On a four plus or something. Yeah. 
um, if they are dead, murder, death, kill. Um, so that's, you know, semi-useful. But, so, he'd be great as a rostered player. Well, 230 is quite a lot. And compared to Lude Grip, oh. I just don't think it's as good. Because Lude Grip's got the short hands. We and a pass, the hands, I think. So, Lude Grip is an enabler for your team. This guy is basically going to be scoring the touchdowns. He is. He is, but... He's movement six... So he's not exactly going to break away and score. No, but he is the fastest player on a Nurgle team. <laughs> he is the fastest player. <laughs> but do you player need a fast player on the Nurgle team? He's not fast enough. No, you know you, I mean? you're right. If he was movement seven or movement eight, yeah, you'd have something really special. Yeah, you'd have something really special there. It's just a, it's just a really leveled up Pestigore. I know, but I think, but the weird thing is, he's got stab as well. <laughs> Got with the horns, isn't it? Or the extra growths. Yeah, so you've got someone who can blitz on a strength four with block. Alright, that's not bad at all. Someone who can catch things on a two plus and dodge out on a two plus. Which Again, good. not bad at all. Regen, so he's going to stick around. Foul appearance, so if you want to block him, you've got to be got, able yeah. to block him first. And he's got stab as well, so again, that will help with stab. The idea is you line him up, he's got block to protect himself, he's got regen, so he comes back. It's got foul appearance, so he might not might not get punched in the first place, and he can still have a crack at stabbing somebody. It's an interesting player. I'm not sure. So, Rich, you've played a lot of Nurgle. Yes. Why would you use this player? Your your Pestigors are your your ball carriers. You don't want to give it to a Rotter; it doesn't move fast enough. You can't really give it to a Warrior because they've only got Edge two. So your your Pestigors are your your ball runners. They're the guys that are scoring your touchdowns for you. Now, if you're in a game where you've got, I don't know, towards the end of the season, maybe you've got a 300k difference, one of these, and a, I don't know, a keg maybe, could make a massive difference because all of a sudden you've got someone who can defend himself, can get himself out of a situation, and can catch the ball. Can you imagine if you had 400,000, right? And you had him and Lude Grip Whip on. Yeah, but that is a huge TV difference. I, I don't yeah. think. It does happen. It's certainly versatile. It's very versatile. So it might be quite a good from a from a tournament build. Mm. Although with tournament, if you've if you've got a skill set where you can give one of the other guys short hands, this guy does do it all. I would happily take him over two or three normal pesticles. Particularly in a tournament build. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Interesting player. I've not played against him. I don't see me playing against him because the thing is with Nurgle is they tend to bloat. They that, do. That is a pun. Um, because they've got regen and then when the little guys die you just buy more. Yeah. Or you create more by killing other players. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You, the opportunity to take two, you know, to take 300k as inducements doesn't come up very often. Right. And when you do you, you're kind of looking at lewd grip as an enabler I for the rest so. of your team. Yeah. Interesting one. Mm. I like yeah, it's got stab though and I like stab stab, I like is, stab. Good fun. stab is good fun but this guy unlike the uh, dark elf assassin is armor 8 not armor 7 and has block so this guy's going to survive getting punched and regeneration um, whereas the dark elf light assassin is just optimism on the block opage <laughs> why I like it <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well Rick thank you very much for joining us again today Congratulations again. Absolutely. Thank win. you, guys. Yeah, it was a great tournament. And uh, I think, you know, to all the guys that, that came along, it was 
We had a great bunch it of games. Really good fun. Yeah, really, uh, really, good. really good bunch of games. Enjoy painting your uh, Punga miniatures team. Yeah, I will. Uh, make sure yeah. to send us some pictures. And um, that is a wrap for the show. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. And don't forget, two heads aren't always better than one. <laughs> <laughs>